Yo, what's up? What's up? It's your boy, Lita Johnson, and we're going to talk some Philadelphia filler talk. I know people have been waiting to hear a little bit, and I only got just a couple of things to talk about as far as the Sixers and the Phillies and the Eagles. Now, first thing I'm going to get on is the Sixers because, you know, I, I got a lot more with the Phillies and the Eagles. Now, a lot of people scared to death looking at the, the two-game losing streak. You know, it's a bump in the road. And if you look at any teams, look at Philly's record, but not too far from the Warriors' record. They've had their bumps in the road, but it's a difference. Stop blaming Brett Brown. That's my theme is stop blaming Brett Brown. Like last year, for the first time, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid got to play together. You realize what type of Embiid was injured a couple of years and he finally got to play. When he played, played by himself. There was a game difference from the worst 10-game losing season. Then we, you know, there was an increase in wins. Then Ben Simmons came. He was hurt. The year that Joel Embiid was there, Embiid, I mean, Ben Simmons was supposed to be there. But he wasn't. The next year, they both played together for the first time. Two young players, you know. Guys don't come in the league as young as these guys no more and have to experience what they experience at their age. I mean, well, back in the day, we're talking about. Back in the day, you came in, experience was so much more of a golden ticket back then, more than it is now. All right. So let's speed to this season. This is the second time playing together. All right. Mind you, you won 52 games last year off this inexperienced team. They're like, oh, Boston didn't have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, but they still had Al Horford. All right. They still had um, Marcus Morris. Marcus Smart. You know, he got some time to develop. He didn't have a, he didn't, don't ever compare these young guys to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. That is totally disrespectful. Marcus Smart didn't come into the game saying they're going to put it on his back. He didn't come into the game like that. They ain't put nothing on his back. Yeah, you got to sit back on the bench, learn from Isaiah Thomas being the star that he was. Terry Rozier had to develop G League time. He didn't come in here and he was just this big star and, oh, they put it on his back. No. Jalen Brown, no, nothing on his back. Okay, so these guys got to learn around playoff atmosphere, experience, got to f- no pressure, and then finally when it was time, boom. So they had been around a playoff team. So that wasn't really a mismatch. That, that or, 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 oh, man, I can't believe if people know basketball, sit down. Because I, I expect the Sixers to win, and I want them to win. But for people to say, well, uh, since Kyrie and them are back, they're going to like this team had nothing at all. It's crazy. And like they couldn't beat the Sixers. Like it was just totally, no, it was a 50-50 chance for both teams. Philly was just riding hot. They had the transcendent superstar. They were doing their thing. Their playoff experience caught up to them. All right. And that was also the year you saw how Horford really could hold Embiid real good, you know, and it's making Embiid a better player. By the way, I mean, you know, when you got guys who you got to figure them out, that's what make Embiid such a better player. Guys that, you know, you look at and you're like, okay, he's having trouble with them. And then you learn. All right. And Hoff is definitely a good player. Now, 
Um, this is nothing to worry about. It's nothing to worry about when the playoffs come. Everybody gonna be ready, gonna be healthy. Nothing is suggesting except for James Ennis and, and Zaire Smith looks good. He looks like a good prospect. I mean, he looks like the type of guy that's gonna help make the shooting guard position, guard the three guard position. He looks like that type of guy. All right, then you look at Shake Milton. TJ McConnell's gonna be out of here. I mean, he's gonna be a guy traded. You know, they're gonna get something for him, whatever, but. Shake Milton, that's his spot. He's a point guard, 6'5". He can shoot, he can score. He's going to add, I think he'll be the Terry Rozier of this team. And then, um, you know, you got Jonah Bolton doing this thing, four position, in guard three position. It's a nice team coming up soon. Then you still got the draft, which I'm excited about. I tell people all the time, look out for Tyler Hero, Kelvin Johnson, uh, possibly Jonte Porter. But Jonte Porter might move to the second round with him being hurt again. I mean, he's just so injury prone. Them Porters, man, we ain't even seen them on the floor yet. It's crazy. The injury prone is crazy. It's crazy right now. Jonte, Michael Porter Jr. have the, all the world's talent. And I expect the Sixers maybe get somebody like that developing the G League. I hope the Sixers do make that move. Trade up, whatever it takes. Jonte Porter to see what he's got. Put him under the Sixers conditional staff and see where he comes up because Sixers are good at conditioning people. They're good at that. So we get a guy like Jonte Porter in the draft. Let him sit. That'll be good. That'll be great. Some length. He can shoot from the three. He's, he, he's athletic. Get him right and everything will be good. I think that's a guy Philly should go after, you know, in the second round if he falls there. Because everybody knows he has, still has talent. But, um, mess around the playoff team gets him. Um, but okay. Now, let's talk about this thing about the Cowboys, Eagles. I really want to get to this. When, I, when we get back on, you know what I mean? When we get back, we're going to talk more about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Who got the better to deal back here? Fill a talk. Finally, this is crazy. I can't believe some people. Cowboy fans. Yo, follow a little. We back here, Philly Talk, man. And I want to talk about the Cowboy fans. Since the Marcus Lawrence signed his five-year, $105 million contract, these Cowboy fans lost their mind. They've been losing their mind anyway, man. It's, it's, you know, they they worse than the old Cowboy fan. At least it was, there was some type of, uh, you could stand on something. I like talking to the real Cowboy fans. I got a cousin, man, like, you know what I mean, named Robert. He, he's a real Cowboy fan. Like, he going to tell you the real, what's bad, what's good. I mean, he gonna he gonna tell you. Shout out to Robert, man. He gonna tell you what's like. He gonna tell you. He gonna tell you like, hey, man, this ain't good. I don't believe they doing this. These cowboy fans out here saying that they this is gonna be the best thing since sliced bread, and they gonna win the Super Bowl. Stop it. Now let's talk about the cowboy fans free agency. Randall Cobb was a good signing. Okay, you got that, Randall Cobb. If I miss somebody, they they wasn't no impactful signing to. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Missed out. But you signed Demarcus Lawrence back, and then um, you get Robert Quinn, all right? Some big signings. 
Big signings, right? But Philly, not only, listen, we got to break this down in more ways than one. I'm going to break it so hard to you, man. I'm going to break it down. I am going to break it down. All right? And I heard a good veteran punter was added. We're going to the Cowboys. You got a veteran punter, okay? We, we want to add everything. We just want to add everything. We don't want to, I don't want to take nothing out. All right, KC Redfern, okay? Attic punter to y'all, all right? We're going to add that. All right, you got George uh, Aloka. He was good. He was good. Good signing. Good signing. Okay, good signing. Uh, you got your boy Tavon. Um, long snapper, LP Leducer. Okay, uh, Drew Scott, uh, you know. Just looking at some guys. That's it. That we just, I, I, I'm just trying my best here to look at free agent signings. The Dallas Cowboys and free agent signings, man. We're going to go through all these free agent signings. And I'm just telling you what they got, okay? Just telling you what they got. Tavon also got signed back. Uh, Chester Covington. I'm just hoping you know Kerry Hyder, okay? Cameron Fleming, right? Uh, Justin Mark Illert, okay? He was a Daniel Ross, all right? Jamazi Alawale, all right? Cody uh, McElroy, all right? And Jason Witten came back. We got to add that. We got to add all this together, okay? And if I said some names wrong, it's because, you know, people probably don't know who they are, okay? Okay, that's what it is. But no, I'm sorry. Can't be. I'm just saying. I'm a little, I'm a little moved by the fact that people think, I mean, Cowboy fans are just too delusional. Too, some of them are too delusional. I got to say 90%, 10% are special. Special Cowboy fans, all right? Now, I got a five-year, $105 million contract to Marcus Lawrence. Well-deserved. $65 million guaranteed. The guy's a monster, even though um, he hasn't got any sacks against the Eagles. I'm just saying. All right, now listen. Um, just do like nine games, man. Just just no, no sacks. I'm just saying. Um, just so we can let people really see what this free agency is about. Now, let's start with the Eagles. Now, Jason Kelsey, the best center in football. He got an extension where he's the highest paid center in football. Smart. Jason Peters, Hall of Fame left tackle. Everybody, oh, he, oh, Jason Peters can still hold some of the best pass rushers in the league, even at his age. So, stop it. When he's on the floor, everybody's scared. All right? That's a great sign. Then you get Isaac Simula. That's one of our, the young guards. Okay, we get that. Because we got to add that if you're going to talk, if everybody's going to talk about it. It was an extension. You give your young buck an extension. He's progress. Give him an extension. Gives you, gives you good flexibility, good depth. You get your guard extended. Okay? All right. Now, also, because the other thing we want to include with this, but we're just going to talk more about, okay, now you let, the Marigolds is gone. So you get, um, Andrew Sandejo, you need the depth at safety. You get Ronald Darby back. You need that elite corner right there. 
You need him. Brandon Graham. You need Brandon Graham back. How'd you win the Super Bowl? How did you win the Super Bowl? Looking at that Super Bowl, Brandon Graham was needed. And I, I thought he was gone. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was gone. I thought he was gone, man. But um, I see that, you know, that I knew we needed him. But what was going to happen? I didn't even know. You know what? I didn't even think of this other thing I'm going to talk about during this free agency. The, the Howie factor. Yeah, let's say it with me. The Howie factor. Howie Rosemont. This is one thing I'm going to say before I get continue with other signings because I even got to the other ones that capitalize this. Howie restructured contracts between so many players to get free up extra money that it was just genius. Nelson Aguilar, to keep him, was big. That's another signing. You know, they could have easily let him go. Now you got Deshaun Jackson, the other trade you get. And you got them added. Those are two signings. Those, those are signings we talking about. Everybody want to talk about signing. This is what happened. Okay, this is what happened. Richard Rodgers, that's an extra blocker guy. I'm, I'm adding that in there. Richard Rodgers has actually had a productive season. Eight touchdowns. So if they decide to use him for a red zone target, we ain't talking about so many catches and so many targets. And nothing. No, we're talking about they decide to use him as a red zone target. You got to watch out. Six four six five. But he's going to be an extra blocker. Know why? Because they got Jordan Howard in the trade, a man who's been third in the league in rushing in the last three years. And the only guys over him is Ty Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the cowboy guy. Okay, so that's troublesome there. You're bringing a guy on the same level last three years as you're leading back. And he was a, this is only his third year. We talking about last three years. He got in the league average 1,300 yards. That's what he had, 1,300 yards. Next year, 1,200. Then he go, you go down when stuff changes. See what happens. So then LJ Fort comes through. Pittsburgh, LJ Fort. He was a good special team. See, that adds to both sides. You know, Philadelphia's known for the good special teams. LJ Fort going to be a good special team, but then he's going to get a chance to start. He's going to produce. He's going to start. Pittsburgh was like, hey, we wanted to keep him. LJ Fort's young. He gonna come in there. Then you got Paul Warwillow. They signed him back. You like, oh, who's Paul Warwillow? Paul Warwillow. If nobody knows who Paul Warwillow is, right? And it's crazy. And if you're a football person, you know, if any analysts are hearing this, they know who Paul Warwillow is. And if people feel like, like this guy isn't a good player, see now that we gotta, we have to really go down. Even for Eagle fans, I bet you Eagle fans are like who? Yeah, who is this guy? I mean, some people probably like we ain't got no linebacker. I see people talking about draft the linebacker. We ain't got it. L.J. Ford is one guy, but Paul Rorillo has been. This will be his fifth year, so he's not an old guy. He's twenty. He'll be twenty. He said twenty eight this year. Twenty nine, excuse me. But his last year, he played. He only had thirty tackles, right? You know, then he was in there for Atlanta, you know, got a little, had one start, 12 games for 2016, 18 tackles. But no, in 2015, he had 95 tackles. In 2014, he had 143 tackles. In 2013, he had 127 tackles. So we're getting a productive player, a productive player here. Put him in there, he knows how to play football, period. 
So this isn't a guy you just be like, well, who is it? No, he's a guy. You put him in there, give him the time. I guarantee you, especially with Schwartz, he's done it too many times. How Last year, when people was hurt, he still had people like Nathan Jerry and KJ, KJH still being productive. You put a guy like this who did it before, he did the same thing with Nigel Bradham. I think he'll be a real stand-up player in Philadelphia's system. So watch out for his season being big. LJ4 had like 48 tackles last year. That's going to go up now with all the snaps he's going to get. And what that does is let KJH focus mainly on special teams and come in on rotations or whatever to play some linebacker. And let Nathan Jerry focus mainly on special teams, and he'll come in. Because remember, he had an interception. Nathan Jerry looked good last year. He looked like a good player, a good depth player, a player that could learn to be a starter, came from safety. He, he's a good, he's a smart football player. All right. Now, Vinnie Curry's back. Another sign. Nobody know about Vinnie Curry. Vinnie Curry was uh, helped us win the Super Bowl. A super monster back there. Put him in Jim Schwartz's scheme. You want to talk about what he did last year? He's back in Jim Schwartz's scheme. Nothing you got to know. People are football players. See, same thing you did with Nick Foles. Brought him back to the scheme, and what happened? Keep him in his scheme. Nick Foles is going to tear you apart. He's a good quarterback, period. But you put him in the scheme they're comfortable in, they learned then, they did their thing. Guess what's going to happen? Brought Nigel Bradham back around Jim Schwartz. Look what happened. I mean, you just got to understand, he's getting the players. When Schwartz gets his players, they produce every time. So, we come back to how in the entire, excuse my language, hell did the Cowboys get the better of the free agency? That's crazy. That is unbelievable. Uh, the Eagles have 10 picks next year. Uh, they got two um, second round picks, two fourth round, a couple of fifths and a sixth. They're pretty much good. And then in, in the first round, excuse me, also Duke Johnson's on, you know, Cowboys are trying to come for him. I, but we all know Duke Johnson's more linked to the Eagles. Eagles will make that pool, I think, um, how he could be making a DeAndre Baker was one of the draft picks that also one of the top corners, if not the top corner in the draft visited the Eagles. I could see now if Jalen Mills could get traded, somebody could get traded out there. And you know, if you get, get Baker in the first round, I think Mills is gone. You're going to put him immediately. You're going to put a first round cornerback immediately in the starting lineup or have him battle everybody else to see where he's at right now. You got Sidney Jones. If they get, it, it, it could possibly happen. And I think they're, they're looking at these options. The Eagles just don't have visits to sit down. These guys are all possibilities. Not to say they're going to go for it, you know, drop everything and go for it, but if there's an opportunity, they're going to go for that type of player. Trading up Monte, uh, Sweat and, um, Air Oliver. Listen, if they fall anywhere in the teams or in a certain position, we don't know. We're saying teams because, Philly is 25. If they fall in a certain position, Philadelphia's going to go for him. So that means this. Monte Sweat is a top 10 guy. If he falls out the top 20, there's a possibility Philly might think about going for him. I don't, we, Sweat is not going in the teens. Now, Oliver could go in the teens. I think if he falls in the teens, Philly will go for him. But Sweat fall below the top 10, look out. We talking teens like 13 and 14. 12 and 14, I think Philly would be like, hmm, we're going to go for him. So watch out there. Um, Christian Wilkins, of course, he's a guy still. I think that Philly, him and Jeffrey Simmons are two guys. Philly could trade like to the 21st pick. 
you know, if they fall in the twenties, I think it's a wrap. I think they'll get him and Wilkins. I think if Wilkins and Oliver, if Wilkins and Jeffrey Simmons fall in the twenties, somewhere like twenty twenty one, they'll try to go for that. I think there's still trade up possibilities. Trade down, it possibly could be a trade down. I think that could definitely happen. I think that could definitely happen. And I think it might happen in like the later rounds. You know, you look at the second round with two first round, two second round draft picks. Philly could try to trade down and get a third round pick and give them a pick and get, you know what I mean? Or, or, or let somebody trade up and they trade down to the third round and get a pick for the next year's draft. I think them two second round picks, the two picks to watch out for, they could trade down and, and get extra picks like that. You know, right the first round, I, I, it's a possibility, but I think really that one is a one that could go up. You know, so and then you got um, you look at the fourth and the fifth, they could trade down any type of draft. I mean, they got multiple picks, so look for some. It's gonna be some trading going on. I know that. You know, Howie's looking for more picks in the future. He want to add on, so I could see that happening. Um, that was just crazy, man. I can't believe it. If I'm missing something, listen, it's crazy to think that. The Cowboys, I mean, people are delusional. It's crazy. They're not going to beat, if the Eagles stay healthy, the Cowboys are not going to beat the Eagles in the division. Last year, they got caught up and cornerbacks got hurt. When them cornerbacks got hurt, we, you know, they didn't kick up to around the playoffs, like the last couple of games to the playoffs. Like, the cornerbacks were down. They were getting better from even the last Cowboy game, but they weren't good yet because the next game still was different. And, you know, them cornerbacks learned as they went. You know, it was a lot of people out. During that Cowboy game, yeah, we needed. Jay Ajahi was one. You know, and I think at that time, the Eagles haven't figured out the running game. They have no confidence in Adams Kane at all. No, if that was Jay Ajahi, if Darby and Jay Ajahi was in their game, if Jalen Mills and Jay Ajahi was in their game, it would have been a different Cowboy game. If they just had Jay Ajahi in their game, if they just had Jalen Mills, if they had one of those guys in their game, it would have been a different game. You, know, you look at Jordan Hicks being out. That's a whole different factor in our defense. We had some hard hits in the defense. And Dallas had some young guys that came up. They had more. They, they, they playmakers were there. We had to get people involved and get them ready. And we made a playoff run. Even what we had, but people had to learn to be without those players. Like I mean, the cornerbacks, like I said, the second and last game of the season, they was finally, you know, you started to see more and more of the of like, okay, they're progressing. But those two cowboys, we was so like they could do what they want to. They can make a play on this team if they wanted to, you know. So that was big. Then now when we come back, man, we're gonna um, talk more about um, the Philadelphia Phillies. I really want to get on the Philadelphia Phillies and just how good this squad could be when we come back on Follow Leader. Follow Leader. Not even a satellite. Not even a satellite. So keep staring. Soon as you start to see the star, you better follow it. Cause it's the heart. This is a lifetime 
mission, a lifetime mission. I listen, I listen. I'm about to flow, I'm about to flow. Cause the crowd says so be damn. Seven feet on the blaze, we never get all the we back, man, here, follow the leader, Philly Talk Radio, man, and um, I want to talk mostly about these Phillies, man, and where they at, and where, they, where you seeing, how they evolve, and how they've been, it's, it's been crazy. Now, I want to talk about two different aspects of it, we're going to talk about the, the pro, and we're going to talk about the minor league, alright? Now, it's a little crazy for me right now, looking at the Phillies and just how good they are. They're too exciting. Ooh, they're too exciting, man. Jesus. They are too exciting. And, um, like I said, let's get to it, man. I- I'm just a little, I- I'm excited about this team. Now, the, the Phillies are five and one, first in the National League East. And last game they played, they played the uh, Twins, right? And it's crazy because, you know, the last game they played, I was a little like, dang, Washington came back. It was down. David Robinson, all their money. Oh, God, what happened? But, you know, they came right back. They have probably the dangerous one, two, three, you know, top of the lineup in, in baseball. You know, Bryce Harper is hitting 400. He's a 571 on base percentage, which is crazy. 950 slugging percentage, which we know they won't last, but to start the season like that is ridiculous. John Segarra is hitting 370. He was two for five last night. He's just so good in that second spot. One of the best shortstops in baseball, hitting 370. He's one of them guys I think can challenge for the batting title. We're looking at all the Phillies, the good hitting Phillies on this team. I think he can challenge for the batting title. Andrew McCutcheon is just too good. Don't look at 261, which is, you know, it's, it's cool. It's a cool average. It's good. You want, but what does he have after that? 414 on base percentage and 565 slugging percentage. He had two walks last night. Like he was that good. And he's been that good all year. Rice Hod- Reese Hoskins, everybody, Reese, oh, Reese having, Reese is not going to be like that for long, man. He's probably, I say one, two, three dangerous, but one, two, three, four is dangerous. The whole one through nine, but one, two, three sets the tone because people are scared to pitch against Bryce Harper. You know, you look at the zero for four, one run. Yeah, walk, but see, people are scared, pitch different ways against him. And you, you're using all your energy to pitch against Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins is next. Three for four last night. One walk, one run. I mean, he really real good. He's right back H. So your 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 leadoff guy is two sixty one with a four fourteen on base percentage and a five sixty five slugging percentage. Listen to me. Gene Segarra hits three seventy with a three ninety three on base percentage and a four eighty one slugging percentage. Bryce Harper hits four hundred with a five seventy one on base percentage and a nine fifty slugging percentage. Reese Hoskins hits three hundred with a four eighty one on base percentage and a five hundred slugging percentage. That's your one two three four. Ramuto's, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. He's having a, struggling right now. He had two runs, though, last night in the walk. 190, you know, he's 381 slugging percentage, 333 on base. He'll, he'll get there. Don't, don't even worry about it. Listen, you can't expect everybody. It's going to be games where everybody is contributing, which is ridiculous right now. You know, everybody just about had runs or a hit through the one through nine. <laughs> everybody had a run or a hit in the one through nine, like crazy. Uh, Adubo Herrera is the lost guy here because he's hitting 333, 407, and a 4.47 on base percentage with a 4.58 slugging percentage. But what you don't understand is that because he's down in the order, 
You know, then you got Cesar Hernandez, 238, you know, 320 on-base percentage, 381 slugging percentage. Those are decent numbers right there for on-base and a slugging. But he's uh he had two walks. He can do that. He can steal base. Just like guys, if they're not going to hit, these guys are going to get on base. Mikael Franco had two walks. Two. He's one for three. I mean, he's hard to pitch against. It's, it's like it's like murder. 389. He, 389. He's probably one of the most dangerous guys to you're you're going if you're a pitcher, I don't care who you are in this league. If you're going against a team that when you get to the eighth guy, you have to really start pitching your best baseball. 389, 593 on base percentage, 944 slugger percentage. Franco is Franco. He is a beast. He will be in the all-star game this year if he keeps this up. And I think this is finally his time to let people know. People put too much pressure on Franco. Let him develop. I know the contract came, but Philly's a hard place to play in. Franco's not going anywhere. I don't see anybody being gotten now. It was a time I thought he would get traded, but if they trade Franco, that means they're going to get a superstar or something. I mean, now everybody in their lineup is worth a lot. Everybody. Cesar Hernandez stock is going to continue to go up to play with this line and be worth something because of what he can do in this lineup. Cesar Hernandez can lead off for people. He's a leadoff hitter. Franco can be a three or four in a lot of lineups. Adebo Herrera can be a leadoff guy, number two guy. I mean, these are guys that would be in your one through four spot if in other lineups. And then your last guys. Aaron Arthur came up. Good to see him back. That's a pinch hitter people forget about. Kingery. Those are two guys that can hit. Just just two. But we ain't talking about Nick Williams, are we? It's crazy. It's super deep. Um, Pavetta, he was out. He had two home runs. Pavetta's... He has to get better. I mean, since let, he can he can throw strikeouts, there's just no question. But he continues to let up runs a lot, and that's what I'm like. I think eventually he'll be that guy that'll be xed out if he doesn't continue to. Yeah, eight three pitches, pitch last uh, fifty six strikes. I just like you got to do better, man. You just got to be a better. People can't just get runs against him. Once he stops letting runs go, then it's gonna be different. Adam Morgan has been lights out, man. He's the Chad Durbin. He's the new Chad Durbin because we know he used to be a starting pitcher. So I know he can go in the games and do like three of them. Hector Nares had a good, he, he has to stay like that because he's on and off a lot. You know, he, he's almost like the, the, the Pavetta of the bullpen. You know, he has all the talent. He, he has a nasty, some nasty pitches, but, you know, he, he continues to, he got a hold though. Morgan had the uh, first, uh, second hold, like got his second hold of the season. Nares got his first hold. Pretty good. And Pat Nishik is just a beast, man. You say what you want. The boy's a beast. And Robertson redeemed himself. Two strikes, no runs, one hit. Let's go. Phillies, are, they're ready, man. They are ready for anybody. It's just real hard for a pitcher to pitch nine innings or to find pitchers ready for a whole lineup that can just hurt you. And like I told people, it's five people on this team. Like, okay. We go back to this hitting, just just this obvious hitting here. And I said, you look at Ramuto, he didn't have a great game at all, right? But he had two runs, still got on with two runs, and he walked. So, and then you look at Hernandez. That's that's the one guy, all right. And then Bryce Harper didn't hit. I always say it's going to be five, but but McCutcheon, Segarra, Hoskins, Herrera. 
and Franco hit. It's always going to be five people are going to hit. It's always going to be three people that don't. But you, do you expect everybody to get on base? Like, that's crazy. Everybody got a run or a hit through the one through nine. Then you had Arthur get a, a run. And it was RBI. But you got to, this team is, is, is it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But it's going to be five people to impact every game. And this it's going to be three people off, at least three people off. At the most, it'll be three people off every game. You could see four or five. And I say it'd be three or four people off, but it's hard to pitch a lineup like that. When you know it's going to be four or five people always on, always on. And we'll make it worse if you walk people. They can do this to anybody, any pitcher. They're going to make you look crazy, any pitcher. Like Pavetta didn't really have a good game. He five innings, you know, he had uh, four runs, three earned, he had a walk. Let two home runs up, right? That's enough to lose. That's enough to lose. That's enough to take the momentum out of your team. But this dog on one, this lineup is so hard to pitch against. That's what's going to help them win the world. I'm telling you right now, this is probably the best hitting team I've seen. I've seen in my time of watching. I watched Philly baseball since nine. Look, my sports thing started watching it in nine years old, 1990. You know, got to picking up on sports. Then, you know, 91 started looking at championships like the Lakers against the, the Bulls. And in 93, I remember the uh, uh, Blue Jays playing the Phillies. I remember that team was a great hitting team. You know, with guys like John Crook and, and Darren Dalton and Lenny Dystra and Wes Chamberlain and Ricky Jordan. Wes Chamberlain and Ricky Jordan was backups. Ty Pratt, Mike Liebethal, backups. And you had guys like Dave Hollins and, and Pete Incavillia, Bill Thompson, Mariano Duncan. They had guys like that. Jim Eisenreich, Mickey Moendini, hitters. All right, but this team is better than that. Because one through nine, these guys are solid, solid. Like as good as Dave Hollins was, he wasn't doing what Franco doing right now. You know, you look at Morandini, that's a Cesar Hernandez guy, but could he steal bases? Could he get on, could he get walks like Hernandez? Look at Lenny Dykstra, but man, and Nails was a bad boy. That was my guy. He's a bad boy. But Herrera was right in that range. Right in there. He has to do it for a little longer. You know, because Dyson did it with the Mets too. But, you know, I mean, then you got Ramuto. He's better than Dalton. Freeze Hoskins. Whoa. We talking about him and Crook. It could be in the same mold, but Hoskins a bit power hitter. Better power. Wasn't no right fielder like Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. None of our shortstops, not even Kevin Stocker coming, was better than Cigara. And in McCutcheon, nobody on the outfield that we had. Not Inky, not Milt was better than McCutcheon. Nobody was MVP candidate. So this is crazy that we're looking at a lot of guys that are ready. This is a good team. Now, let's go to the um, minor leagues. I want to talk about that before. Mickey Moniak is now hitting 375. You know, Mickey Moniak. Is hitting 375. All right. And that's um reason why that's big to me because Mickey Moniak is the number one overall pick in 2016. All right. Now, with that being said, you want to see this guy progress. I know I do because not looking at his tools and what he had. And, and what he brings to the table. 
is even more bigger than anything. When you spend a number one pick on somebody, that's big. That's huge. Now, let's just see what the prospects now are starting out as of now. Um, The one guy, like I said, Mickey Moniak had a home run uh, recently. He had a great catch. He's, he's shown and he's in double A, showing a lot of his skills. That gets you to thinking like, wow, um, you know, you're looking at a guy like that, like it's crazy. You know, he's he's able to show those type of skills and you get excited about stuff like that. I mean, he got two walks. He's really showing what everybody thought he would be. And if you look at that, we're talking at like a guy that could, you're looking at uh, McCutcheon. He has three-year contract. Now, he's only in Reading. You can take your time with Mickey Moniak with all these good players. They're not going to rush McCutcheon out or nothing. Um, I could even see McCutcheon staying longer. And you let a Herrera go, put Moniak in the center field. That could be huge. Huge. Um, looking at teams like this, looking at what they bring to the table, um, the guys like Simon Muziati. Now, we're talking about second baseman. This guy's starting to hit. He's in single A. Keep, he's hitting 375. Keep a big eye on this guy. Keep an eye on this kid. Cornelius Randolph, he's not hitting big, but he hit a home run and, um, he had two walks. He, just watch out. Let's see what happens with him. He's, he's there. He's there. And he had a home run last night. He's in the uh, double A too. Let's just see what happens. I'm really, really anxious to see what happens with this guy and what happens, particularly how good he gets. Adonis Medina had a good pitch, four strikeouts, five innings pitch, one earned run, three runs, one AOERA. Hey, he's in the double A, man. I see him and Maniac are the guys I see, you know, making that come up. But Spencer Howard, he gave up three runs, but he had seven strikeouts. He's a, he's in the single A, good a guy to watch. Um, five strikeouts for, Cole Irvin, he's now got 360 ERA. Kyle Dory has five strikeouts. Watch out for this kid. Watch out for this kid. He's in double A. He, Kyle Dory has a lot of talent. That's the guy I always tell people, like, watch out. I think he could be a, a bullpen arm more than a, a starting arm, but that he had three innings. He had five strikeouts, but that's his three. He's going to be a great bullpen arm, and he hasn't had an earned run this year yet. Edgar Garcia in triple A right now. Let's just see how he does. Not doing too good right now, but. Let's just see how he does. Looking at um other guys like um Rafael Marcon is a, is a he's a catcher. Now he's in the single leg. He's a guy we got to watch. Three thirty three. He's hitting right now. Watch out for this guy. Also, he's starting off. He's just you know early games, but they're starting off. When you start off good, you're starting off good. That's just it. Period. Point blank. And um, Mike Mickey Maniac has always been that guy to me. Always been that guy. No doubt in my mind. Always been that that one guy. I'm like, yeah. Because um, he was the number one pick overall. Rightfully so, right? Rightfully so. But listen, guys like that, you have to really, really, you know, really, really keep a close eye on because he has a lot of talent. He really has a lot of talent. So you're looking at guys like that, man. You gotta um give a great microscope to it. And I was always seeing him being moved up. You see, he got real hot last year. He started hitting 270. He ended up ending the season hitting 270. This is the big guy we want to talk about right now. I, I talk about a lot. Him and Medina. Those are the two guys I want to talk about because those are the two guys I feel like in the future we'll talk about other guys as we go and you know update you and um 
certainly next filler talk, I want to talk more about minor league because the, uh, uh, the fighting fields, Reading, are a good, good team. Lehigh is a good pitching team. You look at Clearwater, teams like that, they look like teams that are ready pitching-wise and has some roster. Guys on the roster are good, you know. So Mickey Moniak is just one of those players him and Medina, two two guys, no doubt, I really want to play close attention to. Alec Baum is in, is in Lakewood Blue Claws. He was the third overall prospect, along with Luis Garcia and Jonathan Guzman, two shortstops who very highly rated. Cole Stobie's third baseman. He's over there in um in Lakewater. I mean, in um Lakewood. Excuse me. Clearwater and Lakewood mixed up. My fault. <laughs> but Luis Garcia is about some consider him the best prospect in this hole, and he's good. He had a real good year. He's a shortstop. Um, it's real good to have Gene Segura with Luis Garcia sitting right in the back. That's really comfortable. And Jonathan Guzman is a very good prospect. So, real good to look at that. Alec Baum is another guy I'm looking at because those are my three prospects Baum, Medina, and Maniac. Those are my three guys I'm looking at. And, and the sleeper guy I look at, like I always say, is. There's two of them. It's Jose Pujols. Three. My, my fault. Three of them. You got Ortiz. You got Jose Pujols. And you got Cornelius Randolph. Those are the guys you look at. Those are the guys you play close attention to. All right. Those are the ones. Uh, Kevin Gowdy's another one. Ortiz and Gowdy are two guys that you look at and you you think big of. Now, even though even though Ortiz is delayed by a hamstring injury right now, and um, you look at um, Kevin Gowdy, he's coming back off Tommy John surgery. Those are two guys to look at, man. Phillies have talent in here. They have guys that could become stars. Um, when people say they don't have elite talent, what are you talking about? How their height when they came in and how they're playing now? People had to develop. And people haven't played to that point yet, then you got to wait, fall back. And 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 I, I will agree that some guys are not there yet. Jose Pujols did come and play heck of a year after being such a highly touted um prospect. He really came and had a heck of a year. Like I said, next time we're gonna talk more about a lot of the minor league guys. I uh, got some minor league talk for the special minor league people coming. It's gonna be a radio thing coming soon. But hey, I'm out of here, man. We got to get back to. You got to get back to, um, you see me on Twitter, Lita Johnson, uh, writer Lita247. I can answer a lot of your questions, but I'm out of here, y'all. Peace. Still I feel, still I feel. I'm a smaller thing.